Well, it's a term that really just means that we use spiritual concepts, platitudes, or even activities um, or cliches to bypass or avoid dealing with our true feelings. Um, and as we especially do this when we're dealing with things that are hard to face. Um, pain, anger, loneliness, fear, even envy, shame. These are feelings, these are emotions that we often don't want to admit or face or recognize. And so instead of just looking at them head on, it can also happen with physical pain, to be honest. Um, grief, you know, things that are really hard in that realm, instead of just looking at these things and talking about what we're really going through, what we're really feeling, we bypass the hard stuff and, and, and we do that under the guise of some sort of spiritual cliche. And it, it can happen in any faith community, any spiritual community, but it certainly happens within Christianity and within church communities all the time. Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses, and you're listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast, the podcast at the intersection of faith, culture, and mental health, where we get to dive into expert insights and the realities of those with lived experience to help us live more insightful, connected, and wholehearted lives. We understand that the views shared here are respectively held by each individual and is not a substitute for professional care or an alternative to seeking personal help from a clinician or provider and is ours to discern. So sit with us. You're listening to episode 46. Hey you, welcome back to another episode of the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast. Today we're diving into the topic of spiritual bypassing with my good friend and returning guest, Dr. Allison Cook. If you've never heard of the term spiritual bypassing, you've probably either heard it before or have maybe even done it before as we all kind of have. You know, it's the whole, well, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Maybe when someone's going through something deeply troubling or anxiety ridden, or you know, God is not gonna give you more than you can handle. Uh, kind of these little Christian and spiritual phrases that we use to coat people's pain or distress. Maybe when people haven't fully thought through the appropriate or fitting words to say, we kind of throw these terms over them. It often looks like automatically throwing scripture on someone's pain instead of making space for valid emotions to process or trying to quickly fix or control their process without humbling ourselves to listen and give them the autonomy to heal. It may even look like assuming something is wrong because of a lack of faith or spiritual practices instead of understanding trials as a common part of the human experience. And really the underlying difference between genuine support and spiritual bypassing is fear. When we dismissively throw these Christian colloquialisms on someone's pain or jump to trying to find an answer to complex life trials or lean on assumptions about someone's faith as a result for their lives. It's the fear that we have to have an answer right away. Fear that we're the only one who can save this person. But that's just not true. We know that genuine and sound support is ruled by faith and understanding and the ability to surrender the unknown to God and remove our need to be the savior and actually lean into empathy for what the person in front of us is dealing with in real time. And most of all, people can feel 
the difference. So we're going to dive into this a little bit more today. And for those of you who aren't familiar with my guest, Dr. Allison Cook, she's a psychologist, speaker, and the co-author of Boundaries for Your Soul, How to Turn Your Overwhelming Thoughts and Feelings into Your Greatest Allies. For 20 years, Allison has helped women, ministry leaders, couples, and families learn how to heal painful emotions, develop confidence from the inside out, forge healthy relationships, and fully live out their God-given potential. You can also find my previous conversation with Dr. Cook on episode 21, where we talk about how to develop a more grounded, emotionally healthy life. You don't want to miss it. So without further ado, here is our conversation about spiritual bypassing. Allison, it is so great to have you back on the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast. How have you been doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All, all things considering all that's going on in our world. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. So much has taken place since the last yeah. time you were on the podcast. Um, sure. I just, I love everything that you've been doing just in the faith community about talking about emotional health uh, in a healthy way, in a clear way. And I've been having a lot of conversations about spiritual bypassing and kind of, you know, using cliche Christian terms, just as kind of, a, I guess, a cover of not knowing what to say to people's pain yes, and whatnot. And it happens. And I think it even happens like the best of people do it who have genuine care, but just don't maybe really know what to say. Um, and might say something that's actually not helpful. And so I just, I wanted to chat about that with you. Great. It's a great topic. It's such an important topic. So I'm glad you're you're bringing more awareness to it because I think people don't even realize right. um, what it is when it's happening. Absolutely. And then I look back, I mean, now that I, you know, I've been more educated about mental health and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like I look back though, in the days where I was kind of, you know, first helping out and supporting people in the church. And I'm like, I said these things, you know, um, all of us have, <laughs> right. And so yeah. I guess talking about it, maybe to prevent it from happening more or just raising awareness. So I guess my first question, just diving right into this is what exactly is spiritual bypassing? Well, it's a term that really just means that we use spiritual concepts, platitudes, or even activities um, or cliches to bypass or avoid dealing with our true feelings. Um, and right. as we especially do this when we're dealing with things that are hard to face. Um, pain, anger, loneliness, fear, even envy, shame. These are Feelings, these are emotions that we often don't want to admit mm -hmm. or face or recognize. And so instead of just looking at them head on, it can also happen with physical pain, to be honest. Mm. Um, grief, you know, things that are really hard in that realm. Instead of just looking at these things and talking about what we're really going through, what we're really feeling, we bypass the hard stuff yeah. and, and, and we do that under the guise of some sort of spiritual cliche. And it, it can happen in any faith community and right. spiritual community, but it certainly happens within Christianity and within church communities all the time. 
Yeah, I think that's so interesting because this can happen in two ways, like you're saying. Like one, we can put it on other people when we don't know what to say in the face of their pain or uncomfortable emotions. Or two, we can do it with ourselves and bypassing our own emotions. So it can kind of go both ways. And I've heard it where it's even things like, you know, God has not given you a spirit of fear, you know, so there's no reason to have be anxious. Or someone brought up on my Instagram stories the other day um, that they're struggling with, say, an eating disorder. And it's like, well, your body is a temple. So, or like, or, exactly. or self-harm, you know, dealing with self-harm. And it's like, well, you shouldn't do that because your body is a temple. And it's like, well, that's not really resolving the issue as to why that's taking place or what the underlying root cause is for that, <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. It, and you're right. A lot of times there we attach these sort of bypassing statements to scripture verses. And I remember myself when you're talking about doing it yourself, I remember being in college yeah. and I had a friend who was hospitalized after a depressive episode. It turns out, you know, she was diagnosed with a pretty significant diagnosis afterward. And I remember saying to her, but God's Jesus says, you know, look how he takes care of the lilies of the field, you know, right. And right. my heart was good. And, you know, there's a difference when your heart is good and your intention is right. We do sometimes say the wrong things to our friends who are struggling. That's a different thing. Um, and, and in those situations, we can gently correct somebody and say, I, and I remember my friend in that moment said, oh gosh, if I had a dollar for everybody who ever told, told me that yeah. I would be a rich woman, right? This is something that, you know, she gave me a little general education and I got it. And it stood out to me. I was like, oh, that wasn't helpful. Right. And that was before yeah. I'd kind of done some of my own work and had these simplistic answers. My heart was in the right place. But a lot of times folks that are giving out these cliches, you know, you, you just nailed some of the most common ones. Some of them are, you don't need to feel depressed. God has given you so much. Pray more. Ask God to take it away. Right. Um, you know, as if, as if we're, our prayer life isn't, you know, healthy enough and that's why we're struggling. And right. what happens when we really do harm is when we, we haven't actually done our own work Right. Um, of looking at the harder things in our lives. And so we're minimizing what's going on with our loved ones and it causes more harm. It adds insult to their injury. Yeah, that's so well said. Because the next question I was going to ask was like, why do we do it? And it really is this <laughs> fact of like, usually how other people how people are responding to others' emotions is how they're dealing with their own emotions. Like if we minimize our own emotions when they're taking place, those uncomfortable emotions, then chances are like we are minimizing other people's emotions because that's how we deal with it. And that's um, exactly right. Right. And it's just um and and so I guess maybe my bigger question is like why do we do it as a church culture? You know what I mean? Because we're not just talking about like one person or a few people doing this. This is actually pretty common that's taken place where this is, it's this idea of, well, we're overcoming the lies with truth, you know? Or like I remember, for example, not too long ago, I think Lecrae, the Christian rapper, he was talking about, I think, he tweeted something about depression or anxiety. And I saw some people tweeting things, well, like, well don't speak that over yourself. You know, just yeah. this kind of like, we're not yeah. going to face the reality of the situation because that's uncomfortable and it doesn't align with God's perfect word and promises. Um, and I'm just wondering like, why, how has this become a, a culture that we, that we do this? Yeah, it's a great question. Within Christianity, there's just this, um, sort of phenomena of the last century of relegating emotions in the hierarchy as inferior, as mm. bad to, 
what we think, right? So if we think correctly, then that is in the sort of hierarchy, this sort of modernist hierarchy that um, is, is fairly new. It's, it's, it's a, mm. a newer way of looking at things um, that that is sort of the ultimate trump card over emotions, where in fact, and we know this from brain science, and we know this from just the more holistic ways that we're doing research now on the connection between the mind and the body, that they're just different parts of the brain. Our emotions live in one part of our brain, our executive function lives yeah. in the other part of the brain, and they work together. There's no hierarchy. They need to be integrated. Mm-hmm. Our emotions are incredibly important. We know this now. It's not that we need to, um, you know, depend on them, live by them, by our every emotional win. It's that we need to bring them into relationship with our thought life, with our spiritual life. You know, we need to integrate those emotions in a holistic way. And this is what you're doing such a great job of, Brittany, in your own work of, of bringing these things together. But this is relatively new in this century. And what I think happened within Christian subcultures kind of bought into that in their own way, that if you have your thought life right, you know, and I believe, you know, with my, with the um, thinking part of my brain that I don't need to be anxious, that I can sort of override right. the emotional center of my brain. And it just doesn't work that way. Those two parts of us, the, the feeling and the thinking parts of us need to work together. Um, and so I think this is changing in the culture at large and it it still isn't quite, you know, it's just starting, I think, to trickle down into church subculture, this idea that our emotional life, um, is, is, is just as important as our physical life, as our spiritual life, as our thought life. Yeah. Oh, so I have to share this quote with you that I saw on Pinterest and it's just going to make you cringe because I know you. Um, so um, there was this quote that basically said, and I've seen quotes similar to this go around where it's like um, the devil's in your feelings yeah. and like Jesus is truth. So don't follow your feelings, follow the truth or something like that. Yeah. Like there's this tie of, you know, um, just... I guess, depravity and sin and the enemy being in your emotions, working through your emotions. So you need to basically like deny and subdue your emotions because that's not of God. And you need to instead be looking at the truth. You know, there's just this denial. And and the fact that I still see that message perpetuating tells me that, like you said, it's still just in the very beginnings of having clarity around this conversation in the church. Yes. And there are a couple of things wrong with that, which I would just love to point out yeah. for who's listening. I mean, number one, the most obvious, first of all, is Jesus was a man of deep emotion. He, he wept, you know, his grief over the loss of his friend is what prompted him, you know, to do so many of his acts of healing, right? His emotions were deeply intertwined with all of what he did on earth. And, and just a quick scan of the gospel shows us all the many emotions that Jesus experienced. Um, and we know that he, and then the second thing is I've, you know, there's this verse, I think many of us heard in from Jeremiah about the heart being deceitful and wicked. Right. And the funny thing about that is, first of all, heart, uh, it, 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 is not necessarily translated to emotion. Also, we know that our emotions are actually in our brain. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm, they're in mm-hmm. our mind anyway. And and so there's a couple of things wrong with the way that that verse in particular has been used to teach us not to trust our emotions. That's number one, a misinterpretation of that verse. And also in context, it's also a misinterpretation of Jeremiah's intended message there because just a few chapters later, he talks about how the spirit of God comes to live within us so that we can 
you know, trust the spirit within us, which includes the emotions as they surface. So anyway, it, I do think it's changing, but you're right. I see stuff like that all the time and I do cringe because yes. it's just not a helpful way. It's not a whole way of looking at the way that God made us, frankly, to cut off this beautiful aspect of how God made us, which is to have a rich emotional life. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, we're going to get right back to the conversation because trust me, I know you'll want to hear the whole thing. But I quickly wanted to share with you this exciting new partnership I have with BetterHelp. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P. One of the questions I get asked a lot are how you can go about starting therapy. A number of you are located around the country and even around the world. And as helpful as I often like to be, sometimes I find myself limited in being able to provide the one-on-one resources that you need. Well, I'm happy to say that one option I can share with you today is BetterHelp's online therapy and counseling services with licensed mental health professionals. Since I know a lot of you guys want more faith-based counseling as well, I'm even more excited to share that they also have another service called Faithful Counseling, which has licensed Christian therapists and counselors who are certified by their state, where you can receive licensed counseling using your computer, tablet, or mobile phone through video calls, phone calls, or text messaging. So I use BetterHelp Therapy. I've been using it myself, and it's been super convenient, you know, between school, work, and really just having someone to check in with on a regular basis has been so important for my own mental health. So what happens is when you sign up, you'd be matched with a counselor in 24 hours or less, and you can securely message your counselor anytime, any day, you know, day or night, and get replies within 24 to 48 hours. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where you can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety. Uh, I also found out that financial aid is available for those who qualify and you can apply for financial aid during the sign-up process. Hello. Additionally, listeners of the Faith and Mental Wellness podcast like you get 10% off of their first month using my specific link in the show notes below. And like I said, I know a number of you are around the world. BetterHelp is available worldwide. And if you want to get started and get matched with a counselor within the next 24 hours, I have links to both BetterHelp and Faithful Counseling in the show notes. I should mention that it is not a crisis line, okay? If you are experiencing a crisis, I have a link to all the crisis lines by country in the show notes as well. Check it out and let me know what you think. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. And for everyone who's listening, I definitely want to encourage you to listen to our previous conversation on how to have an emotionally healthy and grounded life. Um, Because that's something like all of this that uh, Allison dives more into as well, just about how our emotions are, they're really signals, they're arrows, you know, pointing inward, uh, telling us what's going on. You know, it's surfacing, our body sending us messages, (laughs) you know, even about our convictions or when we've been hurt or, you know, it's trying to, it's trying yeah. to teach us about, um, what we're really experiencing in those moments. And so it's so important to dig into those. So I, I appreciate you clarifying that. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I see another one of those, but grace, grace, we're all growing, we're all learning. Right. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that being said, um, because 
I'm also realizing that some spiritual bypassing isn't like, isn't negative. Sometimes it's even things just like, well, I'll pray for you, you know, or I'll say a prayer for you. And it's, um, how do I say this? I don't want to say anyone is disingenuine when they're saying they're going to pray for someone because I can't judge that, but it can be used as this, as this blanket statement. Um, when going through, when someone's going through really tough, instead of um, sitting with someone and just being supportive and listening yeah. in that way, and I guess finding other ways to be genuinely supportive instead of just throwing like a prayer over it, you know, if that makes sense. Absolutely, and I, I do, I, you know, and again, we the grace pieces. Um, sometimes we just don't know what to say, right, and so. We say the thing. And sometimes it is comforting to hear. You know, it's funny because I've gone so deep in this. Sometimes I find myself saying to someone, I want to say this. And I want you to know that I'm not trying to minimize. Right. I do believe that God has you in this. Right. Like that's a comforting thing to hear when it's mm-hmm. said in the context of someone who has fully heard us, fully understood us, is not minimizing our pain, but is in fact coming alongside of us with genuine spiritual support that doesn't minimize the other. I always say there's the the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, physical, right? That doesn't yeah. minimize the other areas where we're struggling, right? That genuine spiritual support, I, I, I need that. And I trust that from those people in my life who've sort of earned that right because I know they don't, they're not using it as a weapon or they're not using it to yeah. bypass pain. They're using it in a genuine way to say, hey, this is what I have to offer you. One of the things I'll say to people is ask first, just say, hey, right. what do you need from me? What kind of support can I give you? Do you need meals? Do you need, you know, a listening ear? Or do you need me to remind you that God loves you, right? Like give them right. options. Because sometimes people don't know what they need when they're hurting. And it's fair to say, kind of give them one in each category, right? And maybe they'll say, I want you to remind me that God loves me, even though this hard thing is happening. Great. Right. You know, then I can do that for you. Um, but but just remember to kind of not assume that the immediate first thing they need to hear is a spiritual solution. Right. Right. And um, that's, I was just about to ask you, like, what's a more helpful, you know, constructive approach? And I love this idea of just choosing to humble ourselves because it is a humility, right? To be like, okay, I don't have to have the solution to this. I don't have to have the fix to this. I don't need to throw 10 scriptures about depression to them, (laughs) you know, um, in order to feel like I've done something, but I can sit with them and ask, what do you need and meet them where they are? Um, I think that's just so important because we do get that savior syndrome, you know, and, and I think that many of us know what it feels like to just feel invet like not to feel invalidated. You, you know, you go to someone and you're sharing, you know, your hurts, your struggles with them. And then they're, they look at you like a project yeah. that needs fixing. Yeah. And then you don't really want to open up to people about stuff because you don't want to feel like a victim. You yeah. know, in the situation, you just want to be heard from another yeah. human being. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I was just thinking about what are like, what are some things that um, we can be saying to people who are going through really hard things like grief or loss or pain or heartbreak or just yeah. extreme life changes um, that is actually going to make them feel healed and helped and supported and 
Um, something I, I also encourage is like, even if you don't know exactly how to deal with this, cause not everybody is going to be the expert of all things on grief on, right, you know, loss, right. even just being yeah. willing to be like, Hey, I'm willing to look into some resources with you, or I'm willing yeah. to drive you to the therapy appointment. Like we just, just maybe kind of speaking to the fact that like, we don't need to be the answer, like the final solution. And I think that's what pressures people into having to throw the Bible verses at people's pain and not even validating what's going on. Absolutely. And I think if what we remember is in that moment when someone's suffering, when someone's in pain, we are the hands and feet of Christ. We don't need to, you know, we are that in the sense of, we don't, not in the sense of all the answers, but in the sense that we don't need to give them a Bible verse. We might be. Our living presence is that reminder, Mm. right? And so, so to say things like, I'm here, I'm here, because it is true. A lot of times I'll say ask, but sometimes people don't know what they need. And so the, the, the second thing to your point that I would, I love what you're saying is I'm, I'm here for you, you know, and, and I'll often also coach people to say things like, I'm here for, I'm going to keep, you know, just kind of say, what I'm going to do is text you every week and see if you're doing okay. I'll stop if that's not helpful to you, right? Like that humility, that posture of humility and that posture of genuine, I'm here. It's hard to go wrong in that sense of Mm -hmm. even if you don't say or do the exact right thing, that person knows. They know, you know, inherently this is this person's creating safety for me. Um, And so it's okay to get it wrong when there's that posture of humility and just remembering in that moment, just you being there, just you trying to be a safe place for that person by not having the answers is you embodying the scriptures, is you embodying Jesus' presence. I love that. You know, just realizing that you know, God operates in more ways than one through us that is still his living word acted out and it is still his presence. And there are so many more ways that we can act out God's truth and God's love um, than throwing verses at people or cliches or Christian colloquialisms. Um, uh, There are more ways to support. And it it is just coming back to that holistic perspective because we just get so black and white a lot of times just because that's what we've seen done or that's what's been done to us and so we think okay this is what we do (laughs) and um so i appreciate that thank you so much for touching on all of this um what is how can those who are listening just continue to stay connected with you Uh, she talks a lot about spiritual bypassing and just the nuances of how to support emotions and others in a healthy authentic way and so that's why i just loved having you on. I love the stuff that you're posting. I always love sharing whenever I can, (laughs) as you can see. Uh, So how can everyone here stay connected with the work that you're doing? Thank you, Brittany. And I feel the same about the work you're doing. I'm I'm so grateful for it. I, you can find me on my website. It's allisoncookphd.com. And I have a bunch of different freebies that people can download on, on these topics, on emotions, on boundaries, um, on bringing together your faith with your mental health. Um, so I have a, a weekly newsletter you can sign up for where I send out a blog post and I'm on social. I'm on Instagram at, um, it's at allisoncookphd and on Facebook. So those are the best places to find me. 
Yeah, she is. And I follow those <laughs> and it's awesome. So make sure you guys follow. I'm going to have to sign up for that newsletter because I had no idea. That sounds amazing. Thank you for all the work that you're putting in. And um, thanks guys for listening. Until next time.